Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Rehash, a Web3 podcast. I'm your host, Diana Chen, and on this episode, we're speaking with Ravi Bakai, founder of Hypeshot, all about live streaming, how we got to where we are today, what crypto can enable for live streaming, and we dream up a number of new use cases for crypto-enabled live streaming that we haven't seen creators tackle yet. Even though live streaming has technically been around since the early 90s, with the very first live stream taking place in 1993 when a few employees from Xerox Park in California decided to live stream their buddy's band performance, it didn't really pick up steam until the late 2000s or early 2010s when YouTube launched live streaming and Twitch came to the scene. Since then, live streaming has seen a slow but steady growth, primarily in niche communities, but more recently, it's been seeping into a wider array of industries and creator types. Now we're not just seeing gamers streaming on Twitch, but we're also seeing artists and musicians and other types of creators in the streaming scene. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, we're also seeing big corporations building live streaming into their corporate marketing and communication strategies as well. In this episode, Ravi shares why he thinks live streaming is such a compelling medium for so many, the unlocks that a crypto-enabled live streaming platform brings to creators, and what trends he expects to see in the next five years with live streaming. He also shares more about the crypto-enabled live streaming platform he's building, which is called Hypeshot, how some of his favorite streamers on Hypeshot have been using the crypto elements there. And finally, we riff on some serious and some not so serious use cases we'd like to see on Hypeshot in the future. Ravi was nominated by Maya Bakai and voted onto the podcast by Maya Bakai and Lore. And so without further ado, here's my conversation with Ravi Bakai. Hey, Ravi, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to have you on. Last season, we had your sister on, Maya Bakai, uh, who is the founder of Spice Capital, a really cool VC project that people should go back and listen to. That was season five, episode three, and really excited to have you on this season to talk about this live streaming platform that you're building and live streaming in general. But I have to start by asking you the origin story of hype shot because I got a little taste of it from Maya, but it was after we had finished recording her episode about how you guys were quarantined together during COVID at your parents' house. And I'll, I'll let you tell the rest of that. Okay. Yeah. So it's 2020. I just graduated college in 2019. Me and Maya were both back home and we were both working at different companies. I was working at an investment bank, working long hours. And we both really wanted to do our own thing and our parents were motivating us to do our own thing and stuff like that. And so I always wanted to start something. Me and Milo would like always be talking about crypto and stuff like that during 2020, 2021. And so, yeah, I ended up quitting my job in 2021. Maya also, I think, quit her job in 2021 to launch her fund. So we both started off working on our own different projects at the same time. So it was a lot of fun going through that process together. Origins of Hypeshot, actually, there's actually a, a, it's like a pretty long story. So I don't know if we can go into all of it now, but I can fast forward to the crypto piece. I'd love to hear the whole story of how the idea formed. I just think it's cool that you guys essentially had an incubator at your parents' house during COVID. I mean, talk about using the most of quarantine time. But yeah, let's hear how did the idea for Hypeshot come about, which I know it wasn't called Hypeshot originally, it was called the 402, and then walk us through the evolution to where Hypeshot is today. 
Yeah, the way we first started was actually in 2022. We were actually between ideas on like what to work on. We we're all really passionate about crypto. I've been exposed to it pretty early on, like in high school and then also in 2017. Maya and I would always talk about it. Maya was an FWB. That was my first exposure into crypto communities and, and DAOs and stuff like that. So it was really interesting. And so essentially me and my friends were all together and we were like, okay, we want to build something in crypto. Why don't we go do this hackathon? It was a friends event at the hackathon. And the first idea actually was the protocol. Essentially the idea was allow for microtransactions for content. So the idea was you can set a pay per use, pay per stream, whatever model embedded into my NFT. And then we built a streaming platform on top of that. So there was this protocol layer, there was an application layer. And so that was like our first time really building in crypto. It got like a lot of hype. We launched it in the summer during NFT NYC. And then we quickly pivoted actually right after. So we launched it with this artist named TK. And we realized that this probably wasn't the right model. It made more sense for content to be like free to consume, valuable to own. That's what it felt like everyone wanted. And so we're working through this uphill battle, making content encrypted and, and all these things. We had just come back from NFT NYC and we saw that in NFT NYC, like there was a bunch of artists that would come together, perform, and you really felt that collective energy and it felt really special. And then also in that moment, it really felt like you wanted to transfer value, like when you're in this like live setting, right? And so for us, the initial idea was, okay, what if we just made it really easy to sell NFTs through live streams? The idea was like, you're engaging with someone that you might really love and you could purchase their NFTs, it's like a cool way to do a live drop, right? That idea then switched to token gated live streams. So it was like sell an NFT to get access to live streams and ended up turning into this open live streaming platform kind of like Twitch, but for crypto. And so there's a lot of iterations of Hypeshot from what we called it the 402, which was this creator tool platform, and then switching over to more utility-based, experience-based platform around live streaming. I believe it was Laura from Sona who was on earlier this season also talk about how consumers prefer content that's free to consume, but valuable to own. And I wonder what your thoughts are on podcasts that have content that's consumable by the public, but then they'll also have a subscription. Maybe the su subscription is that you get access to the content a week in advance, or you get access to behind the scenes content or special content that they don't release to the public. Are you also lumping these forms of content into this category of content that's free to consume and valuable to own? Or do you think that's kind of an exception to that rule? I think like the content that you care most about, you probably want to be as widely distributed as possible, right? For creators, that's kind of the only way. If you want to monetize your work, traditional Web2 model is just charge subscription and pay wallet. And that's the only way you can really monetize your work. But then with crypto, the reason why it's interesting, it's like a new unique behavior that you have this idea of like collecting and ownership and you can make money from something that is freely accessible. I want to dive deeper into that crypto piece, but just to back up for a second, going back to the beginning days of live streaming, if I'm not mistaken, I think live streaming has 
technically been around since the early 90s. And then when most people started hearing about live streaming, I would say is when Twitch came about, or maybe before that, when YouTubers started live streaming, and this was probably late 2000s, early 2010s. How have you seen live streaming evolve over time? And what do you think it's is so special about live streaming that it's seeped into all of these industries now? And I always saw live streaming as something that gamers do on Twitch. And I was like, well, I'm not a gamer. I'm never going to live stream. And now here I am live streaming as well. What do you think is so compelling about live streaming that all of these creators are using it now? Yeah, I think live streaming is one of the best ways to bring a community together on the internet and have this shared collective experience. And the same thing is happening with Twitter spaces as well. But live streaming is kind of like the most, it's like almost like the hardest thing to do as a creator is getting someone to come from YouTube TikTok, whatever, into your live. And if you could do that, you really have an engaged community. So it's a really interesting dynamic because it's a one-to-many relationship where you have a direct connection to everyone that you're talking to. It's like you're on this podium talking, right? And people are consuming. It's the most like powerful thing you could do. I think also it's super raw. We're, we live in such a filtered world that sometimes I think having the exact opposite is super valuable as well. I think live streaming is feeling that. I think because of that overall trend of loneliness, as well as this filter society, you'll see live streaming actually grow and grow and grow. And I actually would say it's still pretty niche. Like, I'm pretty sure if I posted an Instagram poll to my friends right now and said, hey, how many of you guys have ever live streamed? It'd be like maybe 2% of the people would say, yeah, I live streamed. So I still feel like it's niche. It's hard to set up like OBS, all these things that you I've had to do. But I think we're actually in the early days, in my opinion, for live streaming. And if you look at places overseas, like in China, for example, it's super big. I don't think it's permeated as much into the U.S., but we're seeing it, I think, now with TikTok, Twitch, IG Live. People are starting to do it more. For sure. And I think that real-time feedback component of your viewers are able to type in a live chat and you're able to interact with them, even though it is you on a podium and everybody listening, Mm -hmm. you can get feedback from your audience and you can actually communicate with your audience in real time, which is not something that we were ever able to do before with any sort of other content, like on YouTube. If I make a long form video, I don't get real-time engagement. The comments come in after the fact and I can't respond in real time. So yeah, that definitely adds a stronger, I think, community building component than traditional video or traditional forms of media. Yeah, I think it's like this shared experience. So why sports has been so relevant still is because live sports, right? Most of the content consumed is post the game, but people just want to be part of that moment. It's like a memory that you have in your head. It's like just how you go on a trip with your friends. You can have this experience on the internet through live. So I think it's really powerful. Do you see more and more people in demographics that we're not seeing now use live stream? So right now, like you said, if you put out a poll on Instagram, maybe 2% of your friends have actually live streamed before. But in the future, do you see ordinary people with just ordinary accounts on social live streaming? Or do you see on the flip side of that, large corporations also getting into the live streaming game? Yeah, I think we've seen large corporations start doing it now, I think on Twitter. So I I think it's becoming more and more thing, less like gamery Twitch, but everyone starts doing it like live webinars, et cetera. We have like a whole creator class that's been growing. And again, as they build up distribution, you're going to want to have these intimate live streams. And then over time, as you do think more people are going to start live streaming, it might be like a hardware thing. I think this might be in like 2025. Have you seen Facebook is releasing 
AR headsets and things like that. And so a big part of that is actually you can, you can go live. So you can start broadcasting your life, essentially. So I could see like things like that making it super easy to go live. TikTok is a big mover here as well, getting more people to start live streaming. It's almost like vlogging, but in real time. And I just thought of this as you were talking, but during COVID, when we were all quarantined, my friends and I would have get-togethers on the rooftop. It's outside. We can social distance. And we would do this every Saturday night or something. And uh, one of my friends started this thing he called Spicy Saturday, where we would order spicy food for dinner up onto the rooftop and we would all try it. And he started live streaming it from his Instagram. And he's got maybe like... 300 followers on Instagram or something like he's not anybody that anybody would know, but he would live stream this every weekend and he would have the same like two loyal childhood friends that would tune in very loyal fans and very excited for spicy Saturday every week. So I wonder if that hardware piece is easier and more accessible. If like you said, we would really just start live streaming our lives. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. It's a little futuristic with AR glasses and stuff. I think people will totally start tapping in live way more often. Essentially, you're recording your life. If you remember like Justin Khan when he first started yeah. Twitch, he would just run and walk around the camera recording his life 24-7. And so it's actually making that really easy for anyone to do. I could totally see that being a thing. I also think live streaming is becoming cooler to do. Like you have these like really big Twitch streamers now that are making a bunch of money. It's, it's starting to permeate pop culture. You have like Drake mentioning Kai and the song Kai freaking out on stream. And so I think it's just becoming more and more cool. Kids want to start becoming streamers. Like you said, your friend had 300 followers. You had two dedicated people. That's how it is for every person that uses Hypeshot, Twitch, whatever, is you have a group of the same people that just consistently come in and are dedicated to supporting you and being there for you and consuming your content. I think it's like super cool to grow that over time. So how do we move from that, like my friend with 300 followers streaming Spicy Saturday to two of his childhood friends, to a streamer who is actually making money from live streaming and maybe making a full-time income from that? Yeah. So I actually spoke with a lot of Twitch streamers. I think the first thing is that people are not streaming always to make money. They're doing it more for just fun. People stream also to connect with other people. I think like money comes around later generally for traditional live streaming, where the first goal is, can I actually get anyone into my live stream, grow that, get to like 10 concurrent viewers, and then how do I monetize? And then I think it's usually been, let's do this for fun. And then if we make money off of it, that's great. I think the opposite is the trend in crypto, where it's monetization first sometimes, and then connection later. So we've seen people on Hypeshot just start making money immediately. And that's the core reason as to why they might use it over using it socially or just to stream casually. So then diving deeper into that crypto component, what are some of the things that crypto enabled live streaming platform can unlock, especially when it comes to monetization for creators? Yeah. So a few things. One is instant payments. So like I could buy something on your stream instantly, you get that value transfer instantly. There's new business models. So for example, on Twitch, it's like, subscriptions, which we can add as well. But with crypto, you can do like ownership, collecting. Like we've had people make $300 from people just minting the live stream as an NFT, which you can't do before. And that is like saving this memory that I had, collective memory on the internet by minting this video. Then this probably matters right now for the people that are creating in crypto, but maybe it might matter to more people in the future as more people go on chain. But 
clear, obvious use cases like interoperability. So for example, you've created NFTs for your podcast. Maybe you have a sponsor that also has NFT assets. And so as an example, in HypeShot, you can put in your contract address and now I can read that these are all the people that own this rehash NFT and therefore they have this elevated experience in HypeShot because of that. So you have this richer front end that you can build because of everything being on chain and interoperability and things like that. Other things are like instant value transfer. So an example is what if you're doing a, a hundred ETH giveaway airdrop and you have a bunch of people on a live stream and now everyone in the live stream has a wallet. We use Privy so you can create a wallet for anyone. And I press a button and now a random viewer gets 100 ETH instantly into their wallet. Like where could, else could you do that on the internet? We recently launched something called Badges. The idea is like bet on your favorite streamer. It's like an index on whoever and you get access to like private chats and things like that. There's token gating, of course. And then other areas that we're exploring or thinking about are like interesting things you could do around money. So for example, content bounties, like what if I wanted to see Elon Musk and like Mark Zuckerberg, everyone wants to like that boxing thing, right? What if you could like pool capital together and then have that live stream happen, right? Or live betting. We saw this company called hamsters.gg where there's hamster racing and people were betting on it. That was super fun. And it's a perfect use case of crypto. Betting is a little bit weird because it's illegal, but if you can figure that out, like that's also really cool. So I think that's where things get interesting is before I think we were just saying, what are the table stakes things that we need to build for Hypechat just to make that parity and announce what are net new experiences on the internet that you couldn't do before we had crypto. I think that has to be our focus now over just rebuilding a copy and paste of Twitch. Before starting Rehash, I was a solo creator for many years, and I often felt disconnected and lonely despite doing something I loved. With Rehash, I was seeking more connection and set out to create a community-generated podcast. Since then, I've made genuine connections with community members and fans by co-creating the show. That's why I'm so excited about Lore's launch on Base. Lore is an all-in-one platform for communities to bring their members and their funds on-chain. From there, communities hang out in a forum, crowdsource decisions, and make transactions together. Now, it's easier than ever to fund and co-create media initiatives like Rehash. Go to lore.xyz to kickstart your community initiative today. This kind of reminds me of a, a question that I saw in the Twitter comments. But as you were talking about betting, I just started thinking about Unlonely, which is another crypto enabled live streaming platform. And I think they've really leaned into more of the degen gambling betting side of live streaming. But one of the comments or questions we had on Twitter was what are their competitive features to compare with other projects like live peer? This was from zero X Shakib on Twitter. Along those same lines, do you see there being a dominant crypto enabled live streaming platform like Twitch in the future? Like, is that the goal of Hypeshot to become the crypto Twitch? Or you think the environment for crypto live streaming is going to be a little bit different where you have multiple players that appeal to different people. Like I would say Hypeshot is more of like your standard live streaming platform. Unlonely, like I said, is more for the DGENs. Livepeer is a protocol that feeds all of these platforms. But curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, Livepeer is more like infrastructure, not a platform. I think when we look at other live streaming 
apps. We're going to have a lot of similarities for sure. I'm sure we all have the same intuition. We're thinking about this all day. You're going to think of the same ideas or whatever. For us, I think initially the best that crypto grow over time. And then you want to be like the platform for live streaming for people who care about crypto. It's like new internet nation state that's forming around cryptocurrency, Ethereum, Bitcoin, whatever. You want to be a leader there. Now I'm starting to think more about how can we actually expand past crypto natives and I think that entails essentially having these fun use cases I mentioned before. In terms of other platforms, I'm sure, again, we, we might have similar stuff that we do. Maybe even creators overlap, and that's totally cool. Competition doesn't really kill startups. It's usually you give up or business model or something like that is the reason why startups fail or die. So our focus is just figuring out where the cool use cases that we can unlock with crypto. How can we make sure that people love using our product, serving our current creators that use HypeShot and yeah, going from there. Something you alluded to there is distribution. I think distribution has been a big problem with Web3 media platforms of all sorts, not just live streaming. How do you see us solving that distribution problem? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, I always ask people this, why not just stream on Twitch? Why not just stream on YouTube? And I think for the people that currently use HypeShot, it's mostly because they love that it's crypto native. They like how people are trying to build an audience in crypto. But of course, that's only so many people. Like we don't have that many people in crypto. So to answer your question on distribution, I really think the answer is content, like kind of entertainment, right? That's why Twitch became big or anything becomes big is because of TikTok. So you have content. And so I think content will drive everything. I think We've been allowing other people to bring in viewers and stuff. You're not going to get discovered on HypeShot. Like we don't have that discovery yet. And I also would argue on, even on Twitch or YouTube, it's not like there's great distribution across the board. I think TikTok is really good at this, but even like Twitch, YouTube is not that much better. So anyways, the initial goal is like you have a bunch of people streaming and then at some point people will start seeing other people. And now you have this like cool network that you built, but it's very, very challenging to do that. One of the hardest things to do is build this new network. The way we can get to more people potentially could be through fun produced shows. Again, I think I'm only did a really sick job and something we've been thinking about as well a while before is like creating your own content, creating your shows that are compelling, fun, viral things, and trying to get people outside of crypto bubble to come in. So we have a few ideas that we've been toying around for a while that we haven't really done yet, but maybe that's something that we try to do, like offer these cool, fun experiences that you can't get anywhere else and hope that brings in more people as well. Have you seen your streamers on HypeShot start to build up their network and connect with other streamers' networks and cross promote one another? And like, I, I know Blackhand, which I'm wearing their oh, nice. hoodie from their recent win, but I know Blackhand is active on HypeShot. Have you seen their community, for example, start to infiltrate into other communities that are on HypeShot and vice versa? Yeah, we actually have a Telegram chat. So everyone that streams consistently on HypeShot, we have everyone in there. So yeah, for sure, people are supporting one another and coming into other people's streams. But again, like very transparently, it's small right now. So we need to definitely grow, get more people on board. It's not always a feature thing. Sometimes it's just a distribution marketing thing. And I think that's something that we need to get better at. Do you have a specific type of streamer creator that is like your ideal streamer to have on HypeShot? Or like a certain industry or niche that you want to bring on to HypeShot? Well, we started off music. I think we'd love to get more into gaming but I guess our niche industry right now is crypto. So if you're in crypto and you want to live stream, just come over to HypeShot and we'll take care of you. Who yeah. are some of your favorite streamers on HypeShot currently? Ooh, okay. Sersu, of course. Yeah. Legend. 
Zand, he's an independent artist. He has a thing called an access pass called Beacon. And essentially you buy the pass, you get access to all of his studio sessions as he records his album. So it's a really cool process. I think he's actually made like around an ETH in volume from Hypeshot, which is awesome. Then Joe Ryan, he's another artist, has a really fun community. Some other person, Jaden Violet, starting to do more streams on Hypeshot and stuff. Have you thought about any new use cases for crypto streaming that you haven't seen yet and you wish somebody would come around and do it? Do you mean, do you mean a content use case or a tech use case? Either. Okay. I'll do both. Okay, so tech use case. I'd say someone's trading crypto and they're on live stream and you can essentially put a link out. You'll go pool money together during the live stream and then the person can just like live trade everyone's crypto at the same time. That'd be really funny. That'd be really cool content type. And you can have the audience members freaking out in the chat based off of the price of whatever is happening. It's like staking with someone who's on stream. I think it'd be a really fun idea or thing. In terms of content type, I think it'd be really cool if people started doing these weekly shows. So for example, what is like the next gen HQ trivia look like or something like that, where you can have the hosts, everyone has crypto wallet. We all compete in a trivia game. It's really fun. And then payments are instant. You can take reality TV, like America's Got Talent, all these things and bring that into Hypeshot. Maybe something that we work on ourselves or, you know, a wicked award show. I don't know. Stuff like that could be really cool and fun from a content piece. I have a couple of ideas actually that I want to hear your thoughts on. The first one I've been thinking about is live streaming these podcasts. So still doing the podcast, recording the podcast, editing the podcast, putting them out weekly. But this part, like what we're doing right now, having this be live streamed so that we can actually have people listening in. And maybe it's like, if you are part of the community, like if you're an NFT holder, you get to listen into the live stream. Or maybe we don't want to do that right now because we were just talking about how distribution is a problem and we kind of just want everybody to get in. But that was an idea. Do you, what do you think about that? I actually wanted people to do live podcasts for a while. I think it's really cool. I actually think making it gated could be interesting because it kind of is like you're accruing value to the NFT in some way. And so doing things like token gated live streams where you can actually watch the podcast live. And maybe it makes sense to do that gated because the, maybe the pod, person doing the podcast doesn't want everyone to be able to see them stuttering and, and stuff like that. Are you talking about yourself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like making answers up on the fly. <laughs> so I think that might be cool to be gated. Um, like imagine the Lex Freeman, Kanye podcast that was live streamed. That'd be so crazy, right? The amount yeah. of shit Kanye probably said on that interview that I've cut. But yeah, I think it'd be, that'd be really sick and cool to do. Nice. Okay. And then my second idea is... I think a lot worse, but a random little niche that I'm in in my non-crypto life is dog agility competitions. And when I brought my husband there, he was like, I mean, we both agreed. It's actually more entertaining than you think it would be. And he was just thinking, be cool if there's a way to like do sports betting with this, especially the regional competitions. You see the same dogs there time and time again. And you're like, oh, Fido, that guy, he nails it every <laughs> single time or like spruce he's so inconsistent sometimes he nails it and sometimes he doesn't and yeah. i was just thinking if we could live stream those events because obviously most people aren't going to go physically to, to all of these dog agility events but if there's a way to live stream it and all these dog owners or dog fans could see the races live and have live betting on these dogs 
that could you know be an entertaining yeah, thing so to do. Funny, I love it. It's a good niche content type. That would probably super niche, so super niche so content. Watch puppies race. Yeah, exactly. Like hamster racing, right? Like, it is. Yeah, it kind of is like hamster racing, but maybe a little more advanced than that, since more these dogs advanced. actually go through training and yeah. supposed to know what to do. Right. True. All right. Well, speaking of these cool ideas, where do you see the future of Web3 live streaming in, let's say, five years? We kind of already talked about the general state of live streaming in the future with more and more people live streaming their daily lives and things like that. But ideally, if all goes well, we get out of this bear market in five years. What do you see as the state of Web3 or crypto enabled live streaming? Good question. What I'm trying to figure out for myself too is, is it that crypto is under going to be under the hood at that point? Or is it going to be more in your face as, as it is right now? I think it will be on, more under the hood. I think it's at some point we like graduate as an industry and stop making things very crypto-y and have a lot of the cool stuff underneath the hood. So I, yeah, I think the, the use cases I mentioned, being able to make money with the streamer on stream is super cool. Instant value transfer on stream. Imagine if you had a million people on a stream, you're giving a million dollars. That'd be insane, right? Wow. You can do that with crypto rails. Then particularly around crypto, the assumption in the bet is that more and more assets will be put on chain. More people will be collecting stuff on chain. And so they'll need to have these unique experiences. We're already seeing it with our current creators. Hey, they're like, hey, can I have this person get this special access or whatever? And so just building out more of those integrations, I think, will help us as well. As more assets become on chain, it will become very hard for Twitch or YouTube to implement all of those insights and things that we've been working on. I think it'll be interesting to see if people start preferring to get paid in ETH over USDC. Like, what if you're getting paid in ETH subscriptions and like you prefer that over USDC because USDC is going to become hyperinflated in ten years and you want Ethereum or something? But I don't know. I think it'll definitely change a lot, and I don't know what's going to happen when. There's a new hardware that comes out and new streaming behaviors, but that's how we're thinking about it right now is what are like the cool, unique stuff that we can do with crypto that you can't get anywhere else on the internet? And then how do you win the crypto market as well? I really do believe maybe outside of your top 0.1% of streamers that are making a lot of money on Twitch and YouTube already, that for anyone else streaming, you can monetize so much more and better with crypto than on traditional platforms. I believe in that 100%. So I really do think it's the future. We just have to get it out into more people's hands and also abstract away that crypto interface a little bit so that it becomes more accessible to the masses. You also spoke about integrations and and that reminds me of another Twitter question we had. It just came in this morning. I don't know if you saw it yet, but Sona posted Sona integration when? I don't know. What would that look like? I was going to ask you that. I wasn't sure. Not sure. <laughs> oh, I thought there was more context behind that. I was going to ask you what that would look like. No, I don't know what that means, but I'll reach out. To Maybe it would out. just be like, because you can't live stream on Sona right now, uh, as okay. far as I'm aware. So maybe it would just be enabling a live stream functionality on Sona or bringing Sona musicians to Hype Shot to live stream yeah. is my guess. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, be cool for sure. Okay, last thing on, on your previous question on what could a live streaming platform look like in the future? Yeah. I actually do think a token makes sense here. I don't know who would do it or when someone would do it, but if you look at like TikTok, right, or Twitch, they have a currency people use to essentially pay 
for things like microtransactions and stuff. I actually think tokenomics and having a token around the live streaming product eventually will make sense. And so I do see someone at some point taking that approach and doing that as well once like the network is big enough. So, Are you talking about a platform token or a personal token? Platform token. Interesting. Is that yeah. is that on HypeShot's roadmap? I don't know. I think at some point it could be interesting to think about, but it does make sense. Let's say if we had Hype token, people could spend Hype token on streamer instead of spending ETH and it's like low gas fees or whatever. Or on HypeShot, you can stake Hype tokens. Or if you come into a bunch of streams, you might get these points or tokens or whatever. So I could totally see that happening. I'm not sure exactly who would do that or when, but I do see a platform at some point doing that. I'm not saying that we're going to do it, but I do think that's really interesting for someone to do that. Yeah, I can see that. We'll have to wait and find out who does it first and if it's hype shot. Yeah, that wasn't the point of that comment, but I do th- I do think it's a good I'm just thing. like, are you releasing I mean, alpha right now? <laughs> a little teaser? No, but like, no. I, I do think it'd be really interesting for someone to do it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, last question that we ask on every episode. This is one from the community. I'm going to give you three questions to pick from. You only have to answer mm-hmm. one. So the first one is from Meg Lister, and it is... What's your favorite crypto drama? And tell us all about it. The second one, also from Meg Lister, is who would you invite on the podcast next season? And then the third one, submitted by Floppy Abe, is estimate your success rate and your attempts to crypto pill your off-chain friends and family members. Paint me a word picture of your average attempt. Okay. So I have to answer one of these. Can I answer a few of them and you can pick whichever one you want? Sure. Even better. Okay. There's two people I think would be interesting. One is this kid. Do you know Varun? from glass sounds yes i at least know of him i think it'd be be cool to have him on he's been building in the space since 2020 2021 bull market and then they're kind of like figuring stuff out and so i think it'd be really cool to get his perspective on that whole process two is my friend deponchu so we did this thing called y combinator which is like the startup accelerator and there were a few crypto companies in that he's building this on-chain derivative platform and comes from traditional finance background. And so I think it's pretty cool to get exposure to what he's working on and how he came from the trading desks and all that. He really knows like, the space and saw this real opportunity for derivatives and stuff on chain. So it'd be pretty cool to talk to him about that and idea and stuff. The other question was like, what's my success rate on crypto yeah. people? Hmm. It's probably like 10% success rate. Yeah. Around that. Better than nothing. Maybe, maybe what, 11%. What's your typical pitch? Usually I try to give like specific examples. So sometimes I turn to hype shot specific examples of like this person was able to make a thousand dollars from like 15 people or else can you do that on the internet or on-chain media. I think is a really cool example. I would talk ownership of content or stable coins, just how important Ethereum is as like an idea to counter centralization and how there are issues with hyperinflation in like Argentina, potentially in the US and like, what's the alternative? And so those are just like some, like so, some things we can get into or like a really common thing is talking about ownership of your social graph, right? I think that resonates with a lot of people and pointing to things like Farcaster or Lens or whatever, in which the pitch is essentially as our lives become more and more online and we start putting more and more things online, we have zero ownership over any of that. So imagine if we did that same thing with our own personal finances, or we didn't actually own our personal finances, like we're renting it to someone and they could do whatever they want with it and they could take it away from us whenever we wanted to. We wouldn't accept that. And so 
the same thing is happening with people who have been natively online since they were in high school or middle school. Their entire lives are online and you have no ownership or leverage over those things. And so it's really important to have that piece. So, I mean, those are some of the examples I might bring up or talk about. It really is crazy that you don't have ownership over your social graph because like you're saying, your social graph is such a big part of your identity. And it's like, imagine not having ownership over your identity, you know, Mm -hmm. like being able to have your identity stolen at any time and having that be like, fine, (laughs) no one gets in trouble. Exactly. It's crazy. And then I think NFT, people shit on NFTs, but it just makes a lot of sense as well. Like for, yeah. Totally. People shit on it because of like the board apes and the media hype that it gets, but there is a lot of utility behind it and it can help creators monetize a lot better and do all sorts of things. So people need to get, give NFTs another chance. Yeah. And then just like the basic thing is that we have physical property rights. Again, if we're moving terminally online, we look at our screens for eight hours a day or some people longer. You want digital property rights and NFTs are the way to do that. This guy, Roham from Flow Blockchain has a really good TED talk on NFTs. So might be worth watching. We'll look that up. Yeah. Maybe we'll link it in the show notes too. Cool. Well, Ravi, thank you so much for your time and for sharing all your insights with us on live streaming and the future of live streaming. Before you go, last thing, just tell people where they can find you if they want to connect with you personally. And then also where people can go to check out Hypeshot, check out some of the streams on there and learn more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So our website is hypeshot.io, H-Y-P-E-S-H-O-T.io. You can follow me on any social, it's Ravi Bakai, R-A-V-I-B-A-K-H-A-I. Um, and if you want to stream on Hypeshot, send me a Twitter DM, message me on Telegram, and I'll create a channel for you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ravi. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Rehash. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Rehash. Rehash is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Diana Chen, and sponsored by Quest and Lore. Rehash is also supported by our community of NFT holders who curate our guest lineup each season. To get involved, head over to our website at rehashweb3.xyz and collect this episode as an NFT. Anyone who collects an episode becomes part of the Rehash community and will be able to nominate guests for future seasons. To learn more about how to become a guest on the podcast, go to rehashweb3.xyz slash podcast. And to learn more about sponsoring the podcast, go to rehashweb3.xyz slash sponsor. Finally, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at rehashweb3 or on Lens at rehash.lens. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 